Welcome to the Fast Host Proactive Podcast, Spill the IT. Each episode, we'll sit down with some of the amazing proactive team and chat through their experiences of the ups and downs of IT infrastructure management in small businesses. There's always plenty to chat about. and welcome to episode two of the Fast Host Proactive podcast. So we have two people here that we met in episode one. We have Dan and Frank. Say hello, Dan and Frank. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and an additional guest today joining us is Michelle, um, who is responsible for sales and marketing at Fast Host Proactive. Michelle, do you want to do a quick intro? So I am responsible for the creation of the Fast Host Proactive brand and everything that it stands for and the way that it's represented also for the establishment of the sales team and making sure that they're as successful as possible. Excellent. Well, it's good to have you here. Thank you. Um, So when we finished up episode one, we were talking about security and the impact on uh, smaller businesses because that's sort of what we're talking about here. And we were discussing the fact that sometimes the shortage of specific and niche security skills and the cost of those skills can cause problems for smaller businesses and can be a driver for them moving to a managed service provider. So one of the things I was interested in chatting through is What's the reality around that? What are you seeing sort of day-to-day? What are you hearing? I think, again, as we touched on in, in the last episode, there's people don't, sort of small businesses don't engage with security until it's too late. And that has a real impact on their, on their business mm-hmm. is the reality of it. So I think that is, is where things are starting to change a little bit. I think people are more conscious of it. Now, whether they assign the relevant budget to it is is another matter and, and like I said there's nothing more of a driver than, than being subject to one of these breaches unfortunately but I'd like to think that what a managed service provider obviously can provide the skills but a, a more sensible breaks it's part of a, um, a wider protection strategy I guess yeah. um, rather than just buying something that protects your email for example or a commodity service I suppose a managed service provider can can look after the, the, the wider, bigger picture for it mm. and make it more cost-effective in most circumstances. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that commoditization piece is really important. I don't want businesses to think that they can buy a single security product, then that security done, mm. tick. Mm. It's more than that. It's got to be all-encompassing. And, that, and that's where a managed service provider can really provide good value. I also think that the kind of the barrier to kind of entry for security is is quite high as well. You know, as a as a small business, you know, it's not your core work. It's backed by some really huge government level initiatives. You've got, you know, we're here in Gloucestershire, so we've got the NCSC on our doorstep. You know, they're a big organisation to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. And as a as a small business owner, what do I need to do? What do I need to do first? Is you know is really important. Mm. And especially as more businesses move to the cloud, those risks get bigger because it's not just about them managing a black box in the corner yeah. of the office. So they're much more exposed. It's, it's, they're not managing that box in the corner of the office. Yeah. It's, it's, That's part, the point. You know, it's, it's the understanding of, of what to do with it. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I think that the danger is that a lot of the security landscape now is about all these shiny services and and. and expensive methodology but simple things like making sure your server's patched Mm. with the latest operating system 
is vital. Um, and I know from talking to customers, it's one of the last things on their list. Yeah. And that's not because they don't understand the risk. It's because they quite simply don't have the, the time or the resource to do it. Um, and they're, so they're running out of date operating systems. They've got gaping holes in their security. And, and, and actually, they don't often almost see a way out. Mm. Um, so putting it off and putting it off until one day, hopefully not, but the inevitable might happen. Um, so again, it's about helping them on that journey to to become a bit, uh, you know, start off being a bit more secure. Um, and then, <laughs> Doing you the know, basics. You, exactly, yeah. yeah, do the basics and then and then go and start building from there. Mm. I think the, the analogy I always use is, is the Swiss cheese one, right? So I, IT managers aren't unaware of the holes in their infrastructure, mm-hmm. but they're being pressured at such a rate by the rest of the business that they're not afforded the, the downtime, the maintenance time in order to do that like you said, you know, the, mm. the basics there, mm. where the managed service can step in and help that. We can do maintenance out of hours. That might not be available for certain um, businesses. So that gives the, you know, the IT operators the opportunity to, you know, fill in some of those gaps, essentially. And what do you see, Michelle, like from a trends point of view in terms of the market as a whole that sort of led to the development of Proactive? So the two things that we saw are that, the entry level for the security type topics is, I don't mean to contradict you, Dan, I don't think the point I'm going to make is that it's really low. In other words, it affects every size of business. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter whether you employ two people or 10 people or 100 people, the same rules apply to you and you have to comply. Not only for like, the integrity of your data and the way that you work and your customers' assurances and those sort of things, but you really have to make sure that you're taking care of like really fundamental stuff like your customer data, right? So those rules will apply to you regardless of how big or small your business is. Then if you're looking at a really tiny business, when it comes to recruitment, oh my goodness, it's <laughs> so difficult. Yeah. I mean, for us, we have like 200 people, just less than 200 people in this business. And recruiting is a real challenge for us. I can't imagine how difficult it must be for a really tiny business that has no HR resource, Mm. doesn't understand how to get their ads or their messages out there to be able to recruit good people. And even then, how do they afford good people? Mm. Especially when it comes to technology, the good people cost a freaking fortune. (laughs) Because, and for good reason, right? And for good reason, yeah. These people are highly skilled. They've got excellent creds. They've got years and years and years of experience behind them working for these big organizations. And we are fortunate enough to recruit them. Those small businesses can't do that. And they probably don't even need them full time, do they? That's the thing as well, like to hire not just an expensive resource, but probably a resource you're not using five days a week. Correct. You can imagine like these, the weapons grade people that we employ here. Yeah. Working for a small business, they'd be bored out of their minds and they wouldn't stay. Mm. They need to be working with big pieces of kit complicated infrastructure like we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many servers are we managing here, Frank? <laughs> 10,000? <000? laughs> Plenty. Yeah? Plenty. Literally thousands and thousands of servers. Mm. So as an employer, we're quite attractive yeah. to these those types of people. So genuinely, I think that in this environment where recruitment is challenging anyway, regardless of what you're recruiting for, when it comes to tech skills, I think that small business owners are really going to struggle. And I guess as well, again, this sort of comes back to that education question. Do the businesses always know what the skills are that are needed? No, they don't even know the questions to ask, do mm. they? I mean, I'm responsible for sales and marketing. I never pretend to understand any of the technology that we, we run or operate. 
And to be able to communicate the types of questions, you really need to have an in-depth level of understanding to be able to even put the job descriptions together. Mm. And I really think that small business owners would struggle with that as well. So can you give us some examples of what some of those would be, sort of things that they perhaps could use to evaluate an MSP? I think Michelle's point earlier about kind of being able to recruit and retain those skills mm. as well. So re if you look at the cybersecurity job market as a whole, there's a lot of movement in that market. Mm. And, and those, those folks are really engaged and really love to be challenged. It's a scale of infrastructure thing, yeah. right? So we've got, you know, the scale, we talked about, you know, the huge number of servers, but also the layers that sit kind of between that as well, you know, it makes a really interesting challenge for those technical folks. And they, they love to be challenged in that way. So I think they, they stick around, you know, with us. Mm -hmm. um, we can expose them not only to our infrastructure, but through the managed services to other people's infrastructure, and they gain insight as well. It not only helps us in the way in which we manage our own infrastructure, but definitely vice versa. You know, managing that scale of infrastructure, being able to apply that to a customer's solution, you know, is really valuable. And I would imagine it builds, that it's also building their skill set, because that's definitely. what they're going to be looking for as yeah. individuals, aren't they? Because you work with so many different companies across different industries. So I'm sure that they must find that quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. And there's a nice thing, you know, where we are in the country, you know, there's a nice kind of geography element to that mm. as well. You know, we've got GCHQ on the doorstep. We've got the uh, the new cyber park being spun up. We've got some really innovative companies that are being spun out of those types of industries as well. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a Gloucestershire is a bit of a hub of that type of thing. And, and we are definitely tapping into that. Mm. And do you think... Um I don't know, we were talking about this last week, but do you think this movement and this demand of these individuals, these skilled individuals, would, would lead to cost pressure for MSPs? Because obviously cost is a considerable criteria of evaluation for a smaller business. Yes, especially when it comes to um, people who know and understand technology and the technology environment. And I... I'm very aware of all the political changes that we're going through at the moment, and I'm very aware of the effect that they are having on us and our mm -hmm. business. You talk about cost pressures. We didn't plan for what happened to the cost of energy, and yep. we, as a business, suffered as a result, and we had to make changes and adapt to that. If you're thinking about the effect that must have had on small businesses, mm -hmm. I can't imagine how they managed to cope with mm. those kind of changes. And you know, when you, you're looking at expensive electricity and then a team member comes to you and says, hey, I want a pay rise. <laughs> I mean, how do, how do small business owners cater for that kind of thing? Yeah. They do, I assume they don't have the kind of flexibility that we do. I assume they can't just go, oh, yeah, sure. Here's an extra 10K a year. Mm -hmm. they, that's not something that they can tolerate. No, definitely. So you end up losing team members as a result of stuff that you have no control over. Mm. I think adaption is a really useful point there. Mm. I think, you know, work, for a small business working with an MSP, you know, that may well be larger than them. You know, they've got the, the resource infrastructure, the ability to adapt to continue to serve that customer in a way in which the small business owner alone wouldn't be able to do. Mm. So. That's a really good point, Dan. I think that, yeah. That's why SMBs need to work with us, really, is to give them the flexibility and yeah, the adaptability yeah. that they just don't have. They don't have the capacity in their own businesses. Yeah. And we can definitely give them that depth, can't we? Yeah. 
And you must have seen that when you were client side. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess it goes back to your your point about how how do you choose your uh, MSP and you don't choose them purely on cost. Mm. You know, that naturally plays plays a you know, factor, especially with the current you know, economic pressures that we just kind of highlighted there. But it's about having a company that has the skills that you're going to need now and in the future that's going to, and I know I keep going back to this term, but it's a kind of that trusted partner yeah. as well. And they're, they're, they are an extension to your team. They are looking after, you know, the, perhaps some of the crown jewels of your business. <laughs> um, so you, you want to work with someone that you know, you know, is going to be easy to work with. Yeah, yeah. And what do you see is coming over the next 12 months that might further exacerbate some of the challenges that we've been talking about today? Well, security is ever-evolving. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, from that point of view, it might sound <laughs> a bit backward, but there's, nothing's changing because it's always changing. Yeah. Um, so you know, we can kind of predict that, we can kind of work with that and, and go with the ebbs and flows on it. I mentioned earlier, when it comes to recruitment, I, I think it will, it will start to settle down now. I think we've got, hopeful, we've got through, through the worst of it. So again, that should have an, an impact on, on, on that on those cost levels mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I think it's it's interesting times right and and i think that as companies come through this they're going to start having budgets to look at this kind of uh, what's next um i think you know the the patterns have been you know put down in recent times and to to get through the the economic instability but i think it feels like things might be opening up again and and, yeah. and that's what is very interesting for the coming 12 months to me I think, um, so I'm going to take my service owner hat off and put my, my technical cap on, I think. Some of the emerging tech trends for the next 12 months, it would be criminal for me not to mention artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and, and the kind of the boon that we're seeing within AI at the moment. It's transformational in terms of what that technology would allow, you know, it's going to allow organisations to do. Mm. Working with a managed service provider gives you an in to that type of technology, the types of platforms, the types of infrastructure, the types of really complex data, algorithmic stuff that you that people are going to want to take out of. And, and I, I won't wax lyrical because that could be a topic for a whole different podcast, right? But um, I think, you know, it provides a, a really good opportunity for small to medium businesses to tap into that market. How do you think SMBs can benefit from AI? Do you think that there's a well, way that they it, could use here's AI? A, here's, a, here's an example, um, a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, recruiters have technologies now that can, so in, the, in the olden days, you used to have a bunch of stuff. <laughs> the old days, you'd be like three, four years ago. Yeah, three, four months yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you used to have a bunch of stuff that would read every CV as it came in um, and decide it goes on that pile or that pile, yes or no. Now we've got the AI tools that can read through the algorithms and all that kind of stuff, however on earth it works, mm-hmm. to go, this person has mentioned these key phrases and therefore they are automatically in the yes list. So it, it just cuts down on, on admin, basically. Yes. So that's just a real, a very specific example. Of, um, I used to work with a lot of recruitment companies, mm. can you probably tell. And things like that about, again, making their administrative tasks minimised is where I think that AI can help small businesses. I, so I agree, they can help like get through the boring stuff, but in doing that, they create so much data. How do SMBs manage the creation of that absolute shed load of data that they're creating? Yeah, and I, and I think 
going back to answer your question, Michelle, I think, you know, for me, there were, there's two places where AI can help immediately with uh, small to medium business. One is about trends. So we are generating more and more data mm -hmm. and understanding that data and being able to identify. And we're not talking about the usual seasonal stuff. We know stuff that goes up in December and down in January and all the rest. It's all that kind of micro stuff as well that when mm. you've made, you know, a small tweak to your your product, your, your website, whatever it might be, to understand how that affects sales. So I think that's where AI can, can do a lot of that analysis. The second point I would say is in content creation as mm. well. I've seen a lot of chat recently mm. about content creation because generating compelling content, you'll know this a lot better than I will, you know, is really important. But it's really difficult. It's really yeah. difficult. And I think it can never replace. So we're not talking, because we're talking about skills and ultimately we're talking about people here, yeah. right? We're not talking about replacing jobs. We're talking about shortcutting some of those processes to make better products, better content, whatever that output might be. Yeah, because there's a lot of chat about chat GPT, yeah, yeah. isn't there, at the moment and around content. And I know someone who's, who's using it to generate the baseline content, yeah. but they use a skills, skilled team to then enhance it and, and build it out so that they're creating content much faster. And I, and I think as well, probably with AI, to your point, Michelle, is, is that practical advice on what's hype and what is practical and what is useful, particularly to a smaller business, is going to be helpful. And also when it becomes so freaking boring that you just cannot <laughs> engage with it anymore. Because yeah. the thing with AI is that it tends to produce this generic stuff mm. that we've all seen a million times before, right? Mm -hmm. And finding that engaging piece is so hard. So, but yeah. I feel like we've gone slightly off topic here. I'm not yeah, talking about <laughs> SMBs and recruitment anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you the three of you for joining us today um the next episode um is actually going to be getting into the nitty-gritty of costs because while it shouldn't be the only criteria to select an msp obviously it's something that is very important and i think it's fair to say that a lot of businesses large and small sometimes find it difficult to accurately assess where the costs lie um, around managed services and unmanaged services, which is what we were talking about in the last episode. So, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or visit proactive.fasthost.co.uk for more info. See you next time. <laughs>